I would venture to say most people in Chicago are familiar with Jim DeRogatis. His book, if you were to look it up on Amazon.com, it's called Soulless, The Case Against R. Kelly. It's identified as a masterpiece, a work of tenacious journalism and powerful cultural criticism. It tells the story of Kelly's career, uh, the investigation that Jim DeRogatis put into it and the world in which the two cross paths. And, and then the story comes up to Kelly's criminal reckoning. Uh, Jim, you were in court because they wanted you to testify. And was R. Kelly in court when you went before the judge? Did he look at you if he was there? Uh, Mr. Kelly did not ever look up uh, from the defense table. Uh, he was staring at the table. Uh, but uh, his former business manager, uh, Daryl McDavid, and their, his attorneys uh, did. Um, you know, the judge ruled that it was a harassive subpoena and that everything uh, that I could have been asked that would have been pertinent, I have already published and printed and 22 years of reporting stands unchallenged. And Mr. Kelly's convicted of 30 years in Brooklyn, and I don't think he's going to fare well in this second federal trial in Chicago. Well, did the did the judge quash the subpoena, or did the defense attorney yes. say they didn't need your testimony? Oh, no, the defense uh, desperately wanted my testimony. They wanted to show me a video cassette and say, was this the one you handed to police in 2002? Um as I've written a million times, it was an unmarked cassette. That, that was an asinine question. They could have just gone and bought a VHS tape, if there's even any to buy anymore, at Walgreens. You know, how would I have known? Uh, and Bonjean, uh, the uh, defense attorney for Kelly, said she wanted to say, ask me, you know, had I done reporting on Kelly uh, before the 2002 story about the videotape? Well, hell yes. You know, the first story that Abdon Palish and I wrote ran on December 21, 2000. And Abdon was there in court today, and that meant a lot to me. I mean, we killed ourselves on that reporting. And, you know, nothing we've ever reported has been uh, uh, proven to be uh, unfactual. The opening argument in the Brooklyn trial was almost word for word the first paragraph of our story in 2000. Jim DeRogatis is a music critic well-known in Chicago. His work in newspapers, Rolling Stone magazine, Sound Opinions. And you started writing about R. Kelly in 2000? Was it 2000? Yeah, November 2000. Abdin and I spent six weeks reporting the first story, which ran on December 21, 2000. I have to add on that list, uh, I've written uh, 13 pieces about R. Kelly for the New Yorker, I'm adding that, Lisa, because they paid the bill for this uh, <laughs> motion to quash the subpoena. It was a good day for the First Amendment. You know, journalists, every time they are compelled to take the stand simply for doing their job, it's an erosion of the idea of reporters' privilege, which is not spelled out, but is implied by the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. Many states, including Illinois, have very strong shield laws. And media attorneys have been fighting for years 
for shield laws to protect reporters in federal court. You have people as diverse as former Vice President uh, Dick Pence and uh, Chuck Schumer, uh, both advocating for the need for a federal shield law. These Me Too stories especially are incredibly difficult, but any story involving whistleblowers uh, is, is very difficult for reporters, and they are not any easier to publish today than they were at any point in the past. Uh, and, and, you know, we need to have these protections of the free press. Jim DeRogatis, so think, are you... I, I think those 30 years, uh, the 30-year sentence in New York is, is pretty good vindication of all of our reporting. Absolutely. Um, are you not a freelance reporter for The New Yorker? Yeah, I'm a freelance reporter. But and the they New picked Yorker, up the bill. They, they made sure that you got the support that you needed. They, they did, along with uh, Damon Dunn who is a giant in, in Chicago uh, uh, for media law, uh, read every word since 2000 and vetted my book. And uh, he wasn't in court today. Seth Stern, who's a former alt news weekly reporter turned journalist and crusader. Uh, you know, I mean, today's victory is all on them. Did Abdin at least pick up part of the lunch? No, no, I had to come home and get back to work. But, uh, you know, in 2008, after the travesty of the acquittal in uh, Judge Vincent Gaughan's courtroom, the judge threw a party for the defense and the prosecution and all the reporters. And uh, I think I'm going to throw a party for Ab- Abdin and me. Uh, we'll throw a party for all these reporters because they've been through hell. We should the point out, I mean, Jim, let's be fair to point out that Abdin is a long time or was a long time Chicago reporter, started as a city news bureau guy. And uh, now works in state government. Yeah, works for Susanna Mendoza. He was supposed to be at a speech the other day, but but I heard she got COVID. So uh, it's postponed until next week. Jim DeRogatis did not have to testify at the R. Kelly trial, even though Attorney Bonjean really wanted that to happen. Was there any point during the past 22 years that you thought, ah, probably, probably should have backed down a little bit on that? Uh, you know, Lisa, every time I would say, my God, I'm sick of the toll this story's taken on me, I would think of the bravery of those women who trusted me to tell their stories. And another call would come. And some uh, young black woman would say, I've been hurt by this man. No one is listening to me. Can I talk to you? And I think that's the job of a reporter. I think when I step back and try to take the 10,000-foot view of this story, this is one of the greatest tragedies in the history of popular music. Daryl McDavid was on the stand, his former business manager, later in the day, pointing out that if there was a keyboard there, uh, Robert Kelly could have written a brilliant song right then and there in the courtroom. Right. I mean, his talent was such a hundred million records sold, uh, writing songs and producing recordings by everyone from Celine Dion to Lady Gaga. Uh, He earned a quarter of a billion dollars over his musical career. And this criminal, immoral, uh, incredibly damaging uh, proclivity of his to prey on underage girls, one after another, after another, 68 of whom I know their names. And I believe there are many more. Uh, You know, I mean, this is just the greatest tragedy in the history of popular music, short of like Buddy Holly and and Richie Valens dying in that plane crash. It's amazing what you have accomplished. And I know it's taken a toll on your life as well. But 
we all sit back and applaud you for what you have done. And there must be a little bit of you that is so happy to see that this guy is going to be, he's, he's going to spend the rest of his life behind bars. Well, that's true, but it's hard to be happy about any element of this because I know the women and, and, you know, they're still getting hate on social Mm -hmm. media. You know, I've had several thousand tweets about, you know, I'm I'm a fat liar whose time is going to come and I should die and, you know, hope you're going home and eat more groceries, Jim. Uh, You know, I'm I'm not a svelte man. Uh, My face on a pig, all this stuff, right? It's nothing compared to what those women have gotten, vilified by their own families, their churches, their communities in some cases. It is a true sickness in our society. But even after all of the evidence presented in Brooklyn and a 30-year sentence, no one in the history of popular music has gotten a criminal sentence like that nearly as long, um, that these people are still supporting him. Uh, it's, It's just... You know, it, it breaks my heart, and all credit, it was kind of you to say that, Lisa, but all credit always goes to those women. I'm thinking today of the first lawsuit filed by Tiffany Hawkins, a young woman with the voice of an angel whose life was ruined by that man. And she climbed back, and she's a true survivor. She's a hero. You know, and, and her name was sullied in court today with false accusations by Mr. McDavid. I mean, these women will, will never escape uh, the lies being told about them and the damage that was done to them Absolutely. by a man who was a musical genius, and it should have gone such a different way. Thank you so much for joining us on Chicago's Afternoon News. I'm glad you got that small little victory in court. Well, it's victory for all of us, Lisa. We're all reporters. <laughs> Jim Deeragatis. Hey, time to check weather and traffic. Then we're going to come back with the newsroom temperature check. What's up, Mary?